you have your Bible, turn to Psalms chapter 103. This is good to see everyone out. I'm sure if you're like me, you're roasting. That's the joy of this time of year. You don't know whether to turn on the heat or turn on the air, and sometimes we have them both on. And so uh, last week I came over to turn the air conditioner off because it was too cold, and this week I should have come over and turned the air conditioner on earlier. So blame it on me, but hopefully uh, we'll get it adjusted soon. Psalms 103, beginning at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all things, all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Many times when someone goes on a job interview and they may get the job, someone will say, does it have any benefits? In other words, they want to know, is there any life insurance? Is there any uh, retirement plan? Is uh, health insurance covered? They want to know the benefits of working for that company. I've had people that will ask me, does your job have any benefits? Most of the time my answer is, yeah, I have the greatest retirement plan that you could imagine. But if I'm found faithful by my master, then I'll have a home in heaven. And so that's what we need to look for, and that's what we need to be reminded of sometimes, that there are great benefits in following God. Last week we talked about the goodness of God. And I think that all of us, if we believe that there is a God, we have to acknowledge the fact that He is good. He tells us what we need to know. He's there to help us. He's given us this beautiful creation that, that we can enjoy and be thankful for all the other blessings that we have in this life. But in that passage of Scripture that I read, it says, forget not his benefits. And so when we talk about God, we need to be reminded from time to time that there are many benefits of being a Christian. It's not just that we get to see everyone or we're part of a family, but there are other benefits that, that help us. Uh, in this life that God has given to us that helps to sustain us as Christians and to live a life so that we can be found faithful in the hereafter. So what are some of the benefits of serving God? Well, the first one I would say is He will enable you to become the person that you really want to be. And I think that we need to be honest with ourselves. When we become a Christian, do we really want to change? Because I believe that there are some Christians who really don't want to change. I believe that they want the promise of heaven, they want the forgiveness of sin, but they still want to keep one foot in the world and do the things that the world does and then still call themselves Christians. And that's not what God wants for us. And so he will help us to become the person that we really want to be, that if we truly want to be a Christian, a true, true child of God, then God will help us in that area. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, this is what it says. Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When we become a Christian, we change. I mention all the time that when we are baptized into Christ, we go down into that water and we come up a new creature. 
We're a new creature in Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. Does that mean that all the temptations and all the trials just automatically disappear when we become a Christian? Well, obviously not. And sometimes when we've lived a life of sin, it is difficult or hard or challenging to make that abrupt change in our life. And God will help us, and He understands that that's a growth process, that we are growing as a Christian, and as we mature, it helps, or He helps us, to understand what we need to do. That phrase that is used in that passage of Scripture, until the day of Jesus Christ, implies that this is an ongoing work, that God is continually working on us, that He will help us in this area if we will allow Him to do so. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-4, through 4, it says, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of that divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. As we mentioned this morning, when it comes to worshiping God, serving God, God has given us everything that we need that pertain to life and godliness. And so God helps us in this life if we will allow him to do so. One of the challenges that I have seen with people is that many times they know what they need to do to straighten out their life. They know what's wrong. And when you talk to them and you show them passages of scripture and you try to encourage them, they will say, I can't do that. I can't do that because, and they'll have some reason out there. We really can if we want to. We can change. And we can be what God wants us to be. And that's a promise that we have. That's one of the benefits. And so he has given us all that we need in order to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. He has given us exceeding and great and precious promises that you and I can rely upon. And we need to be thankful for those things that he has given us. They are great. Those benefits are great because they include forgiveness. Think about how difficult it is when someone does something to you that hurts or is harmful. How hard it is to forgive that individual. Every single one of us that has reached an age of knowing right from wrong has done something that has hurt God. But God is willing to forgive us. If we will comply to the conditions that he's put forth by becoming a Christian, by being baptized into Christ, having our sins washed away, he'll forgive those sins. And then even as a Christian, when we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins if we will repent and we will ask his forgiveness. He's faithful to do that. And so one of the great benefits that we have is the forgiveness of sin. Be thankful that God doesn't just say, hey, you messed up, I'm done with you. Be thankful that he is willing to forgive us if we will do it, take care of it the right way. He gives us peace, that peace that passeth all understanding. There is something that, that, that is very encouraging in a person's life when they can look at their life and compare it to the Bible and they see that the life that they're living is right according to Scripture. Because we can trust God's Word. We don't have to rely on a gut feeling. We don't have to rely on somebody else telling us, oh, it'll be okay or you're doing all right. God's Word tells us that. And when we're doing what His Word tells us, that brings peace into our life. And sometimes we're absent of that peace. Why? Because it gets back to what I just said earlier. We don't really want that change. We want to have heaven. 
but we also want to live for the world too. And so it's hard when that happens because there's a tug and there's a pull that's taking place. We know what's right. We go ahead and do what's wrong. And when that happens, our conscience bothers us or should bother us. And we're miserable people when that happens. We can have the peace, but we have to trust God. We can have the promise of eternal life, that home in heaven. We can look forward to that. That's the hope that we have, that we have a place that's prepared for us. And it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what Jesus has done that made that possible for us. Be thankful once again for what Jesus has done on the cross so that you and I could have eternal life. That's some of the benefits that God has blessed us with. The forgiveness of sin, the peace that passes all understanding, the promise of eternal life, and a share in the divine nature of God. You see, it's all precious because of what it means to the human soul. It means that we don't have to fear the end of our life. We don't have to fear the judgment. We can look forward to those occasions knowing that we have a home in heaven because we've been faithful to our Lord. Partakers in that verse means literally sharers in the relationship as Christians with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. And so think of the privilege that we have to call ourselves the sons and daughters of God. What a blessing that is. Because we share in that holy character which God possesses. We're to be like Christ. We're to live our life as Christ-like. We're striving every day. We may not get it perfect from day one, but as we grow and mature, we strive to be more like Christ every day that we live. Be thankful for God and what he's done for us. You see, God has given us what we need to escape the corruption that is in this world through the lust that people have for all of those sinful things. You see, you don't have to be who society says you will be. We don't have to be what the world says we're going to be. We can be what God wants us to be. And think about what that means. To be what the Creator the Almighty wants you to be. You don't have to be who the devil wants you to be. The devil wants you to rebel against God, to turn away from God. We see that every day in our society where people are pulling away from God. You rarely hear God's name mentioned except in vain. You rarely hear people say, turn to the Bible. It's getting to where no one even wants to say, we pray for those that are, are, that are in trouble. People want to get away from God. That's the devil working. Brother, we need to be striving to follow God. We need to remember that there's power in prayer. We need to remember the precious promises that he's blessed us with. We don't have to be what the world wants us to be. We don't have to be what the devil wants us to be. You can become who you want to become. The choice is yours. Every day that we get up, we have a choice. We can serve God or we can serve the devil. God didn't make us little wind-up toys so that when he can wind us up and we're going to go about doing what he's programmed us to do. He tells us what we need to do, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live, but then he leaves the choice up to you and to me as to whether or not we're going to do those things. 
But I'll guarantee you this, that if you will faithfully serve God, if you will do what God's Word tells you to do, you won't be the same person that you are now in 10 to 15 years. It will change you. When you're striving to be what our Lord wants us to be. Why? What did they say about the disciples? They took note that they had been with Jesus. Let me tell you this. If you spend time in God's word, it'll change you. Put it to the test sometimes. See if it works. You know, a lot of people out there doubt God's word, but they won't put it to the test. I mean, faithfully serve God. Not, don't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Strive to the best of your ability to serve the Lord 100%. And I guarantee your life will change. You won't be battling the same problems your whole life. We also see another benefit when he gives your life purpose and direction. God's word answers that question. What is our purpose? What direction are we to go? You see, there are people out there in the world today that are just wandering aimlessly. They don't know what, what their, their purpose here on this earth is. Maybe it's because they've never heard of God. Maybe it's because they've not read his word. Maybe it's because we're not living and, and teaching like we should. But there are a lot of people out there that don't know their purpose in this life. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse, five, or verse 10, it tells us, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So there we find a simple solution, a simple answer to the question, what, what is our purpose here? And that is to do the work that God has given us. And we should walk in those works. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, or through 16, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. What's Jesus saying here? He's telling us that there's something that we need to do, but we're out there doing it, not for our own glory, but for the God's glory. We want God to get the credit for it. And why shouldn't God get, us, get the credit for it? Because if He's ordained us to good works, how do we know what good works are? Do you get to decide what a good work is? Do I get to decide what a good work is? Or does God's word help us to know and to understand what a good work is? I believe God's word helps us to know what is right, what is wrong, what's good and evil. What a good work is as versus what someone is just doing for their own glory. You see, there's a lot of people, as I mentioned, that have lost or don't know their purpose or maybe lost their direction. They think that money is what's all important. And certainly I understand that we need money to, to get by in this life, but sometimes that's all people are dwelling on. They want to have fame. They want to have fortune. They want to have a big house. They want to have all of these things. But guess what? All of those things are going to come to an end. And then guess what? We're going to stand before Christ and give an answer for our life. What kind of works have we been doing? You see, God gives us purpose, and he tells us and gives us direction. Our purpose is to serve Him and glorify Him. And how does God give my life direction? Well, Psalms tells us in verse six, chapter 16 and verse 11. 
Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So again, what are we supposed to do? When we live our life to serve God, that's our purpose, to serve Him. Our direction is to be obedient to His will. And we follow the path that He has given us in His Word. In Proverbs chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, it says, My son, if, if, Thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thy incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasures. I want to stop right there. What's he telling us? He's telling us that there are some things that we need to be pursuing. There's things that we need to be searching for. Remember what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. That without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many of us are diligently seeking God Almighty? We have to go to his word to find the answers. And yet there are people that are searching for money. You can watch programs on television where people are digging for gold all the time. You find them risking their lives, doing hazardous things, trying to find their, their, uh, their uh, gold nugget or some precious gem. The Bible here is telling us what's the most important thing. And how many of us are searching continually for the truth? We want the truth and only the truth. Why? Because we know the truth is the only thing that can set us free. He goes on in verse 5 of that same chapter, Proverbs chapter 2. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the path of the judgment, of judgment and preserveth the ways of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When we seek God, God will give us that direction. It's not going to come in a dream. It's not going to come in a vision. There's not going to be some prophet come down or some angel come and stand at the foot of your bed and say, this is what you need to do. But understanding and knowledge comes from God's word. And I think that you can, under, you can see that every day in our lives if we, uh, if we look. You can see people talking about God and you know that they're ignorant of the truth about God and, and what He teaches. Because the things that they're saying about God is not true. The things that they, they command or say that God said was okay, He hasn't said is okay. And so we need to understand that if we want to follow the right path, if we want the right direction, then we have to diligently seek Him. We're, we're pursuing that knowledge and that understanding just like a lot of people, maybe you're one of them, I don't know, that is pursuing riches. Just think about that. If somebody told you, hey, uh, I found a map, and I noticed that there's a treasure buried in your backyard. Now, you can believe me, and if you believe me, what are you going to do? You'd be out there hiring backhoes to come out there and start digging, or you'd be out there with your shovel digging all by yourself because you would want to find that treasure if you believe that message. And see, it gets back to do we believe God's word? Do we believe what he said? 
Because if we believed what he said, then we know what the scripture is. We know the value of serving God and searching for that truth, that understanding and knowledge. One of the things we need to understand is our own purpose in life. And I realize that as a husband and a, and a father that I have a purpose. And we all have a purpose. Single people have a purpose. Married people have a purpose. And we need to be confident that what we're doing is right. I may not have always been a perfect husband or a perfect father, but I strive to do that. And I try to grow and learn from the mistakes that I make. I also realize that what I do for the church, what I do for my Lord, is very, very important. And so we all need to have the attitude that I want to serve God and be confident that what I'm doing is pleasing Him. Pleasing God, not pleasing me. Many times we see the homes in our society that are messed up. And they're messed up. Because many times because people have rejected God's plan for the home. They get things out of order. That's not what God intended. They do things the wrong way. Husbands aren't what they're supposed to be. Wives aren't what they're supposed to be. Nowadays you hear men marrying men, women marrying women, and that's supposed to be bad to say that that's bad. But guess what? If that's what the Bible teaches, God said it was a man and a woman. And so that's God's plan. And when we reject God's plan, there's problems. And I think that we see those in society today. But we can be confident that we're doing what's right when we look at our life and compare it to God's word. In Psalm chapter 119, verses 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Nothing compares with, a not, with knowing that you are in the right place, on the right path, doing the right things at the right time. That gives us great confidence. Have you gotten off track? The answer is simply repent and get back on track. If you're driving down the road and you get off on the wrong road, you get off on the wrong exit, you figured that out, what do you do? You do your best to get back on that road that's going to take you to your destination, take you where you want to go. Another benefit that we have is it'll give us peace and security. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have, place, have a place of refuge. One of the good things about having a good home is children feel safe there. They feel confident. They trust mom and dad. And I think when we look at our relationship with God, we should have confidence also in, in God. That we are safe in his refuge. We're safe in the Lord's church. It's like Noah being in that ark. He was safe in that ark. And we're, when we are in the body of Christ living that faithful life, we are in a safe condition. Psalm chapter, one, or 19, Psalm chapter 91, verses 1 through 10. He that dwelleth in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the no noisome pestilence. 
He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall, he tr shall thou thrust, or trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrows of that flieth by day, <clears throat> nor by the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth a, no a noonday. A thousand shall fall by thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near, nigh thee. Only with, thee, with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plagues come nigh thy dwelling." Their safety, their security when we are with God. He describes it as a, being covered with feathers. Verse 4, he shall cover thee with thy feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Think about that for a moment. I've had chickens and I've had baby chicks in my hen house. The hen is laying, they're sitting on that nest. Those eggs hatch out, and little chicks are underneath that hen. There's one thing I know that even with a hen, a chicken, and when I'm talking about God, I really even hate to compare him to a chicken, but I know one thing, that if I go over there and start to run my hand under that hen to see if there's chicks or eggs, she's not going to be very happy. And she's going to strike and she's going to try to poke my hand and try to move it away. And she'll get up and she'll do whatever she can do to protect that nest. And that's the picture that we have. I mentioned to some this morning that I had a dove that had a nest with some little ones. And something came in the middle of the night and killed all the babies and the mother bird. And I thought, that's, that's a true mother. That mother gave its life to protect those young they all died as a result of it but that's not going to happen with God God is there to protect us Jesus even makes reference to this kind of a picture when he's looking at Jerusalem and what's going to happen to them brethren God loves us and he'll protect us doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen in this life but we understand what is important in this life and we strive to serve him. You see, psychologists tell us that people have three basic needs to live a healthy mental life. Number one, they need to be loved. When people don't feel loved, they got a problem. So they need to be loved. They need to feel safe and secure. And the third point is they need to be needed or useful. Many times our problems arise because we think that we're not needed. Think of the parent that tells their child you're useless. What is that doing to their mind? What is that doing to their mental condition? What happens when we tell someone that they're useless? What does that do to their outlook on life? And so I think that we can see the importance of being loved and having that feeling of security. And that's what we need in our homes. And that's what we need in the church. And that's what God will offer us. He loves us. And we can see that demonstrated in all the things that he's done for us. And he gives us that security that he protects us. That nothing can pluck us out of his hand. And we need to understand that with him, we are needed. We are useful. 
if we will serve him. And so these promises do not mean that we're not going to face opposition. So don't confuse the abundant life with an easy life. Because it's not going to be easy to live the Christian life. You can look at some of the most faithful Christians in the New Testament and you can see the struggles that they had. You can see how people hated them because they were Christians. They were followers of Christ. People wanted to kill them, put them to death because they had trust in God. Don't allow the world to discourage you and make you think that just because you're a Christian that nothing bad is going to happen. Adversity is required for us to gain strength. Consider a tree that's planted in a rainforest. Because water is readily available, it doesn't have to extend its root system very far into the ground. It only goes a few feet into the surface. As a result, those types of trees are easily toppled by just a small wind. But there's another kind of tree, a mystique tree in Texas. That it sends its root down about 30 or more feet in search of water. And from what I've read, that at that depth, that not even a hurricane can blow that tree over. People who are raised on or in meager circumstances, those who have a difficult time and have to work for everything they acquire, end up with more than those who have it handed to them on a silver platter. You think about that. I remember when I was young and I put my feet on the coffee table in the living room, my mother would say, when you buy one of those, you'll know what I'm talking about. Get your feet off that table. And guess what? When I bought one of those, I understood what she's talking about. We all know the story of the little boy who saw the butterfly struggling to get out of its cocoon. And in his misguided attempt to help, he cut away the remaining portion of the cocoon to let the butterfly out. The problem was that in the struggle, the butterfly develops the wings and the strength that is necessary to fly. And without the struggle, the little boy freed the butterfly only to have it die and fall to the ground. It never fulfilled its destiny. Brethren, there's going to be trials, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be challenges that we face, sometimes on a daily basis. We can allow them to help us to grow stronger, to reach our destination, to serve our purpose, to live a faithful life to God, or we can allow them to turn us away from what we're supposed to be doing. We need those trials to see how strong we are. We need those trials to help us to develop better character in our life to be what God wants us to be. And so I hope tonight that we can see the benefits, some of the benefits that we've mentioned here, others that we know that are there, and we also need to encourage each other as we go about this Christian life, striving to help each other get to heaven. Because really our purpose here is to help others to serve God and for ourselves to be the example that we should be. And so the question that I ask tonight, are you letting your light shine? Are you glorifying God? Are you doing the, or living the life that you're supposed to be living? Are you serving the purpose that God has given to you? Are you going in the direction that God has intended for you to go? 
Are you diligently seeking His truth? Are you seeking to serve our Lord? That's the question that you need to answer yourself, answer for yourself tonight. And so tonight, if you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become a child of God. Why? Because outside of Christ, we're lost. And so we want you to be a child of God. How do you do that? You're baptized into Christ. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And so Jesus makes it very plain. I think we all understand it. Very simple to understand. Because if he'd have said, uh, he that believeth and is baptized, I'll give you $10,000. Every person would understand what they needed to do to get $10,000. But he said something that's more valuable than money. It's your soul salvation. And so he tells us what we need to do in order to be saved. And then it's up to you as to whether or not you want to do that. He's made you a free moral agent. It's choose. But he's told us the choices. And he's told us also the reward and the consequences if we fail to, re to uh, obey. So tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, we would encourage you to come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand and sing.